0: This is another episode of Hey, Did You See This One?
1: Hey, did you see this one? I did. <laughs> I saw it. Hey, Steve, so, did you see this one?
2: I saw this one. I saw it. I saw it uh, very recently, and I had never seen it before. Was that the
1: first time you saw it?
2: Yes. What? This movie. So it doesn't have that absolute...
1: nostalgia value for you, then?
2: Not at all. Um, <laughs> I had heard about it a couple of times throughout the years, um, just through watching you know, stand-up comedians talking to each other, mostly regarding Norm or Bob Saget. Um, so I knew it existed, but I never really had the urge to be like, well, i got to check out Dirty Work, the one movie starring Norm McDonald.
0: <laughs> the one, literally, yeah, except for he plays... Mind, right? Yeah, except for he, he's in, he kind of, after the Dr. Doolittle, this is weird. I looked this up because I want to know what else Norm's been in. So he plays one of the dogs in the first three Dr. Doolittle movies starring, I think the first two are Eddie Murphy and then it's like, goes to like his daughter.
1: Like the Hits voice over of the mantle. dog or something?
0: Yeah. And then eventually it becomes a, a series of movies about this, it's the Norms character, Norm's dog character. Oh. So, interesting. He's got he's got an animated dog thing. He's got. I uh, mean, he a plays wide... a lot of
2: animated uh, characters. He's he's in. Uh, sorry, I'm just sharpening my pencil. Don't mind the noise. Uh, <laughs> what are you sharpening your pencil for? Because I have to scratch my notes off when I am done making a point. Oh, okay. That's that's. Organized. I'm a professional man. Oh, cool. Uh, um. Yeah, he's he's been in like he was in fairly odd parents, he was in uh the family guy, he played death and family he guy death for a while. Played death on family guy famous. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 that was good. That's, um, that's
0: classic.
2: He was in the Mike Tyson uh cartoon show. He played the 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 pigeon. He's the
0: pigeon, right? Was it the yeah. bird?
2: Yeah, the yeah. Uh he was he's also in more more recently he was in the Orville. He played like that weird blob monster. It was like, "Hey, uh" <laughs> I'm a creepy pervert, blob alien.
0: So that's that's sort of you pretty much nailed Norm's shtick in that one little micro uh, uh, micro impression because throughout his whole career he's always the guy that's just like, "eh, edgy dad joke," but he (laughs) has such an amazing delivery, and he somehow, yeah, that cadence, and he never lost it. And if you don't know, Norm Macdonald passed away this last, last week or so. Uh, it was a huge hit to the comedy community, obviously. Um, and I grew up with Norm Macdonald on <clears throat> Saturday Night Live. And I owned this movie on VHS, which I bought. here. In, I'm from Halifax, originally, but we went we came to here to Toronto on my grade nine trip. And I bought it. And then we watched it until the tape basically fell apart. So I've seen this movie backwards and forwards so many times that that said, I haven't seen it in probably 15 years, but I've seen this movie so many times that there were little bits in this movie that have, were, are part of my vocabulary that I didn't, rem- I forgot how they got there. Like I say, son of a bitch bastard all the time. <laughs> And the And the line where the homeless guy's like, "Oh, did you fart?" Oh no, that was me from before. Uh, that's a bit uh, that's a bit I
2: wrote that one down. I guess I'll cross <laughs> it off. It was very that's funny. A, He's like, "I'm sure bit. I smell horrible. Also yeah. I just farted.
0: Also I farted <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> That was one so, that I was like, "Oh, funny.
0: The other thing about this movie that's great is it has the bones of an Adam Sandler movie.
2: It really There's a lot does, of the yeah.
0: same recurring characters. Adam Sandler himself does do a cameo in this movie as the devil. And one of the weirdest be burn. scenes, it yeah. burns. That's another thing. First we eat the pig and then we burn. That's the thing that I used to say. So
2: I'm sure, I'm sure that that was probably funny to you when you were a kid, which I guess <laughs> will still hold strong as an adult. But for me, I was like, oh, it's Adam Sandler. Oh, he's doing that old thing that he used to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah, yeah. maybe
2: funny to people at one point. But to me it was not funny. The one thing that was funny of that scene is when he looks over, it's Gary Coleman, and then he looks back and he keeps looking back at Gary Coleman and at the end Gary Coleman just starts doing like a crazy maniacal laugh. Yeah. <laughs> that that was what was funny to me about that whole that whole exchange with his uh so- hallucination.
0: There was a period of, of time where the the Adam Sandler thing was, like, the funniest shit. <laughs> it was revolutionary comedy somehow.
2: Now... I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't know why it's, it's funny. Because it's, it's silly. It's objectively
0: not funny now, that was the thing. Yes. <laughs> and I, I specifically found the Billy Madison shtick Like, that's, like, that was, like, one of my favorite movies until I realized that movies could be good. I think... <laughs> <laughs> not yeah just like, down, I, mean, like
2: I, I don't hate happy Madison movies. um I think that they're things that you're you're just supposed to turn your brain off and let the jokes hit you in the face like it doesn't matter about the overarching story at all. you're not supposed to get invested, which is similar to this movie um it's very reminiscent of like sketch comedy where they're just like, let's have a bunch of set pieces that are funny jokes Uh-oh. that build out Uh-oh. a plot that exists inside of this movie but it doesn't really necessarily matter what the plot is because we know that the character is going to have an upward rise a downward fall and then you know some sort of issue that they need to solve and then they're going to live happily ever after at the end uh and that's totally redeem themselves exactly that's every happy madison that's every sort of like um sketch I, i call it sketch comedy because i i almost see like those bits as little SNL skits, like individual yeah. skits that exist. Um, it reminds me of something like, uh, um, uh, what's that movie called? Don't be a menace in, uh, South South Central Compton. while drinking, while your, drinking juice. your juice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I forgot the whole title. I remember the, <laughs> the first part. Um, I got
0: that VHS on the same trip that I got this movie. So I, it, that, was I, that movie Riffing. I watched,
2: I watched a bunch when I was younger. Um, And it reminds me a lot of that. It's kind of the same sort of formula. Um, Yeah, no, I I mean, the point that I was trying to make is that, like, this kind of comedy had its, like, heyday, and that heyday is sort of over, but, like, it still exists. Like, there's echoes of it here and there now. Like, Adam Sandler, every time he makes a Netflix movie, it's basically the same sort of style, except now he plays, like, a millionaire every time.
0: Or (laughs) I'm really rich. Nobody
2: asks me what my job is
0: be Halloween from a couple of years ago. Kirby Halloween, what was that movie? Anyway, that never No, no I didn't one see that. One. Was I was thinking more board. about
2: that uh, that cowboy one that came out close to the Hateful Eight that has a similar. Oh, I can't remember the Ridiculous Six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where it's the same it. sort of same sort of feel, right? Like you know, it's just funny moments uh, packed into a a story that is you know, if you think if you really boil down the story of Dirty Work, it's like. They need to raise $50,000 not to save the old man to get his heart surgery, but to pay off Chevy Chase so that he can pay a bookie so that he's alive (laughs) to perform the surgery. Yeah. Which is the only doctor that can do it. If you were to look at this and not really pay attention too closely, you would think the money is going towards the, to pay for that surgery, but it's not, it's just going to make sure that Chevy Chase doesn't get murdered by the mob.
1: And then he does it for free. He does the surgery for free is what I get out of that.
2: Yeah. He, he, because he's basically paying with his his life. The fact that he's alive. Uh, I think that Chevy Chase's shtick in this movie was the funniest part of it. Like every time you see him, he has like a new injury. And,
0: uh, great.
2: the first time you meet him, he's like, are you a gambling man? (laughs) He's (laughs) He's like, I guess so. Yeah. And he's like, well, if I was to make a bet on your father's chances of living, uh, I'd say he's probably gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> Safe bet on death.
0: There's uh, so many little, there's so many little jokes like that strewn throughout the movie, like how the grandfather was like, "I gotta." I, this is another one I, me and my buddies used to do all the time when I was like 15. I'll give you a hint. It rhymes with cock. Was like the funniest shit to me when I was 15 years old.
2: Right. There's, I think that like, it's weird because like that kind of stuff, I'm like, I'm sitting there and I recognize that it's funny, but I'm not emoting at all. Like I'm sitting there watching the movie, like I can see that this was a funny moment, but it's, you know, and it is funny. I'm not going to say it's not funny and I'm not going to say that anybody's wrong for thinking it's funny, but to me, I did not laugh out loud, but then something like uh, the moment where he's like, ah, you know, I I don't like hanging out with your dad, he's, uh, you know, he's he's creepy. Uh, You know, well, he creeps the hell out of me to be honest. (laughs) Just that little tiny, he creeps the hell out of me to be honest is so funny. And like, I literally laughed out loud at that part. And then it's followed up with uh, the old man, like saying like, Oh, and I just want to apologize for what? For being such a creepy old
0: man. (laughs) I can hear you think I'm dead.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Like that's, that's a, That was, that's a joke that like is set up, paid off within the same scene. And it also, um, it's funny because you don't really expect it to, to, you don't expect it coming. Like every movie you ever see somebody whispering about somebody else off the side, they're not meant to hear it. And the fact that they're in the same room so close, it's one of those moments where someone would be like, he would be able to hear him from that far away. And it's like, they realized that in the writing and they're like, well, he did hear him and now he's going to. Literally put you in a headlock and like box you. <laughs> um, one of the things early on, you know, how they have that little uh, little series of of their revenge plots when they're kids at the beginning of the movie. Um, I noticed that like the lines that those kids are saying, especially the the character of Norm's character. What's his name? Mitch. 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 Yeah. Um, both like the eight-year-old and then also the teenager the lines that they're saying sound so much like things that norm would say like if you think a bit about it in norm's voice you're like oh yeah norm would definitely say something like that <laughs> but it's unfortunate to me that like they didn't sit down with those kids and like just tr- try as hard as they could to like get them to sound more like nor like norm's delivery like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like when the kid's like give me the milk money and he's like He's like, well, I would, but I'm not sure that you would spend it on
1: milk. Or like lunch. You're not going to spend it on milk.
2: <laughs> yeah. but imag- like, like imagine like it was a Norm delivery where he's like, oh, I would, but I'm not sure that you're going to spend it on lunch. And then he gets thrown into the dumpster. Like, it would, be, it would be so good. And then like the one where he's at the funeral when his mom dies, and then his aunt like stuffs his face into her like massive breasts. And he's like, note to self, Aunt Peggy is your aunt. <laughs> like, you're like that sounds, That sounds like a norm line, but it doesn't sound like a norm line coming out of that actor. Um
0: I mean the movie was written by Norm, so a lot of it a lot of it is in his in his voice just to write. It's not in his cadence because it, like this was relatively early in Norm's career too. So like, you know, maybe maybe there's a reason why he only got the one movie. Maybe people saw this and they were like, I don't even
2: well, I actually, I was reading a little bit more about it because I didn't, I wasn't familiar about with, about the movie and, like, what it was, like, how it got made, how Bo- Bob Saget and Norm even know each other. I was like, how did this happen? And it was actually pushed, it was filmed two years before it was released. So much so that, like, Chris Farley had died. Chris Farley
0: died six months before. A year went came.
2: by, and then another year went by, and then the movie was released. So it's, like, technically credited as, like, his last performance in a movie Um, and it had a lot to do with the same reason that he got fired from SNL and the same reason that um, he was kind of blacklisted from certain projects for so long after uh, he was fired from SNL and it was because of all the OJ stuff like he was going (laughs) so hard on OJ on SNL and like he was one of the people in SNL that would they would say we can't say this joke and they'd like pull him off to the side and be like you know, that, that joke didn't really work in rehearsal. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. We got to do it. <laughs> like, okay. And then he would just do it. He would just do the jokes during the show. And this one guy, I forget his name. He was like a uh, like an NBC executive or something. And he he's the one that like completely sort of blacklisted Norm and was like behind the scenes making it extremely difficult for this movie to get released. And I believe, I'm not 100% certain, that he was... The one that ended up uh, sort of snipping this movie's wings, so to speak, because this was supposed to be a full R-rated movie, and it's a PG-13 movie. And you can only mm-hmm. imagine how much more vile better. this movie would be. I mean, you can say vile, you I mean you can you can say better if you want. I would say vile. <laughs> it's already pretty vile for a PG-13 movie. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it would be a lot more raunchy and I think that's what Bob Saget was trying to do because he had just finished like, I think a- about a year before the filming of this movie, uh, had just ended his um, America's Funniest Home Videos hosting spree that he'd been doing for like 12 think,
0: years or I think, I think Full House even lasted until, what, did, what, what year did this movie come out? 94?
2: 1998
0: ninety eight. Okay, yeah, you're right. So yeah, 98. So I'm pretty sure that full, he only had a few years in between Full House. And he did he really is he known for directing anything else really?
2: Um, Bob Saget, not really. I, I couldn't find anything that was like super notable notable.
0: Which is crazy because if, 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 if a lot of people know that know this, but a lot of people don't know this. But uh, Bob Saget's stand up is the complete opposite of his character of Danny Tanner and even his like I'm gonna make dumb bad jokes over, you know, YouTube videos basically on America's Fanny video. He used to tell jokes and still tells jokes about like fucking everybody on the cast and, you know, like Hitler jokes and rape jokes and just like all this. Yeah, you can tell history. you can tell
2: uh where all of the you know the underlying humor of this movie comes in. <laughs> He's he's trying to reestablish himself as like an edgy comedian by directing an edgy comedic movie, but it ended up getting um, slowed down by studio stuff that had them force it to be uh, PG thirteen. And like, as much as there is still like a bunch of like edgy stuff in this, like a lot of this stuff for PG thirteen would not get away with it now, and a lot of it would just not get into a comedy now like we've sort of evolved beyond the uh
0: before we get too far beyond that kaylin did you um did you have this movie growing up like did you watch it a thousand times when you were a teenager
1: uh i was so i was actually a little late to this movie as well i didn't see it when it first came out um it's one that i got on dvd probably I would say maybe 10 years after so like it like the late like or like 2000s or whatever um, so it, it, it doesn't have as much of a nostalgic feel for me either watching it though like I definitely you know get those old-school vibes of like you know the comedies from back then and I definitely had some moments where like I had like a little kind of personal chuckle kind of thing um, uh not 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 too many like huge guffaws, uh if you will but definitely some good personal chuckles here and there throughout
2: what is a personal chuckle like you you laugh and then look around to make sure no one saw you laughing at oh, this? like a
0: sensible chuckle like <laughs> okay i my most of my laugh out loud moments came from like Artie lang in this one cuz he's got like he plays the straight man which is fucking crazy he's usually he's, like never the straight man um and his scenes where he punches people and his hat falls down over his eyes just yeah made me laugh I, was, I have that out. written
2: down as well like he punches several people and every time he punches someone he's wearing a weird hat and it always like falls off <laughs> he has to like fix it
0: and the his chaos the scenes that he's doing the dirty work are so chaotic and I I thought that there was a lot of chaos with just these like montages of them doing pranks. And I thought that his moments in those were the most chaotic because he's this big, fat guy, you know, blowing holes in walls and punching people out. There's that scene towards the end where he's like, he goes to the security guard. He's like, I got a shipment. Uh, I got to bring this box in. And the security guard's like, no, no, get out of here. No, he said the
2: the security guard says, what's the company name? He doesn't tell him to leave. He just asks him a very normal question. (laughs)
0: <laughs> he punches him out, and Norm Norm pops out of the box. And he's like very clever. I that made me laugh out loud. And and movies like these old comedies, especially ones I've seen, I've probably seen this movie thirty times. Um, they don't at they don't make me laugh out loud very very often. And this one, I did find like Kalen said, some very personal chuckles, some very sensible chuckles, right? As I also like to put it.
2: Listen, I again, I'm not, I'm not one to rag on anybody else's humor. Like, what they think is funny is what they think is funny. It's fine. Um, I just think that, like, for me to watch it now, as much as I like Norm, um, a lot of the jokes, if Norm was not delivering the punchlines or if he was not the one that was kind of at the forefront ahead of the ship um, in the delivery of a lot of the jokes, I don't think that I would have – I would have been like, what am I watching? <laughs> like, I need to not watch this. this <laughs> At least bad. I didn't
0: uh, get my nose bent off by a Saigon whore.
2: Yeah, you I wrote...
0: bastard! Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Right?
2: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that's, again, like, I I wrote down, they they say whore way too many times. They
0: say whore way. way too many times.
2: They say Although it, it's I 20... probably like a hundred times. It. <laughs> like, it's crazy the amount of times they say it.
0: When he's getting all the, the hookers ready for to, to, to do the prank on uh, David Keckner who I forgot was in this movie as the used car salesman that fucking uh, connected some wires. Um, when he goes, okay, prostitutes, that, I did laugh out loud at that because it's such a like weird thing to say, but that's totally Again, a it's, norm. It's a, it's, a,
2: it's a funny thing for Norm to say, but it's not a yeah. funny thing. That, like One of the things about Norm, I think that Will go on because like Norm McDonald is one of those comedians that I'll put on his talk show uh, appearances more than I will his actual stand up or any of his like actual theatrical performances because I don't think that he's a great actor, I think that he's a great uh, deliverer of humor. He, like, he, yeah, he, he gives you humor, yeah. yeah, and and he does it in a very funny, weird way that is like so outside of what you expect from a comedian. Like, we watched Cable Guy last time and like Jim Carrey is just like aggressively funny with like literally his whole body is funny. And then you look at Norm who like almost doesn't move and you're just kind of yeah. like, oh yeah, well, yeah. And like you can just, just his, his presentation of words is what's funny there. Like when he, Norm okay, is like... so one of the examples is like, <laughs> when he's losing, like I think it's very funny when his girlfriend's throwing out all of his clothes and people are just taking them <laughs> and putting them on and like walking by, him. like, that's pretty funny. And he's like, hey, oh, that's that's my Canadian's jersey. Yeah, the and that's then he's like, hey, shirt. you're wearing my shirt. That's my shirt. And the guy takes it off, and he's, like, covered in hair. And he goes, ah! And I was, talking to somebody, somebody like, no, I was talking to somebody else. No, I was talking to somebody else who uh, <laughs> is different than you. <laughs> it's just, like, <laughs> that's very funny. Um, but in the hands of somebody else, like, how would Jim Carrey do that? He would, like, scream and grab at his face and fall down to his knees, and then – probably take the shirt and then like burn it or something like it would be it would have to be way more over the top for that to be funny rather than him just saying I was talking to somebody else who is different than you (laughs) which doesn't it doesn't even make sense but it's funny um yeah another one that got me was uh when he's like hey Mildred Mildred
0: yeah I was gonna bring that up as well Hi, She's Mildred. Like, oh, my name's like, that's my not, name's not my name.
2: Mildred. I think he might have forgot my name. And he's like, no, you never told me my name. So, you're, so I just guessed. It's just like,
0: the novel approach. Yeah.
2: And that's like that's another one of those like weird things in a movie where somebody yells at another person's name. It happens in so many movies. But the fact that like he didn't actually forget her name, he just made up a name, <laughs> is funny. It's a funny thing. Not a laugh-out-loud funny thing, but a recognizably funny thing.
0: But also Mildred's such a like, old name.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Up there with Gertrude. Um, yeah,
0: or Beatrice.
2: Before we get too far in, I do want to go back to Chevy Chase for one second and say that, again, he does have some of the best moments in this movie that are delivered. Because Chevy Chase is also one of those people that has a very particular... Um, style of delivery and like it's not really easily replicated by other comedians um he's still
0: young in this movie too he didn't have that like old man (laughs) like bloat that he has now like yeah he's he's not jowly and he's he's like gray and like
2: thin but he's like still looks the same yeah
0: he could deliver a joke still in 1998
2: in that same line where he's like are you a betting man he's like well you know and he lists, like, a bunch of, like, bets that he's made, and then he says, Mr. T, and then he's like, are you telling me that you bet on Rocky three and you bet against Rocky? <laughs> and he's I like, mean, that's oh, fair. No. Didn't Rocky hindsight is 20-20, my
0: friend. <laughs> I, I agree with Kalen. That is a safe bet, and I think that's, the, that's kind of the joke they were making.
2: Yeah, I think it's funny, though. It's, it's, uh, it's, again, it's clever. Like, there's a lot of jokes in this movie that I don't think are clever. And I think that primarily the ones that I don't think are clever are the actual dirty work that they do. Um, the revenge schemes. I don't think that any of them are actually funny. I think I that... had
0: forgotten how many times they use fish in their... They u- basically just use prostitutes, fish, and popcorn in all of their pranks. <laughs> yeah. And I, fr- I, fr- I was going to write down... I-, I wanted to like categorize the dirty work pranks because... I 100% thought that they were varied and imaginative, but literally it's like, it's, they the, do the, it's same the equivalent like of putting sugar whatever, in a yeah. gas tank. It's yeah. the equivalent of putting popcorn in a bulldozer to make it pop everywhere. Yeah. Which happens in the movie.
2: It's, it it's, does. It's
0: not imaginative. And... They're just destroying property. <laughs> really?
2: <laughs> yeah. There's like one thing that I, I kind of wish, cause like, the beginning when like the uh the pedophile guy who's like the crossing guard or whatever um, yo how did
1: they film that like how do you like that's you know like i realize it's a movie so there's like movie magic or something but like how do you think they filmed that like that's inappropriate
0: you just grabbed it just grabbed it oh uh, do you i have like do you I, think have, I have several answers stuff? for
1: you
2: one it was the 90s and two there are things called consent forms that parents signed <laughs> Three, you know, it's just, they just did it. Like, they just did it, and it's an actor.
1: Do you think they had something stuffed in there, though? Or, or like, you know what I mean? Like, like padding? Like, like, a fake butt?
0: Yeah. No, he just had his hand, like, he was just grabbing the, like, pants part.
2: Okay. Yeah. Wait, are you talking about, like, him touching the butt? Or are you talking about, like, how his hand was stuck to the pants?
1: <laughs> well, no, like, that's, like, was he, you know, was there... My guess was that there was some sort of padded thing in there that he grabbed onto so that he wasn't actually – Oh, no.
2: He was probably just just grabbing the butt, and, like, they probably sat down with the – because he grabs one kid's butt, and then he grabs the kid playing Norm's butt. It's not like he's grabbing, like, 20 kids' butts. They probably sat those two kids down and were like, okay, this is what's going to happen in the scene, and it's going to be funny, and, like, you know, nothing weird is going on, and your parents are here – like it, it, it was. It's inappropriate, yes, but it's also like, I think when you're in a studio situation, like there's like a hundred people around, it's not as like creepy as just a random person grabbing your butt when you're crossing the street. Um, anyway, so that joke is, you know, I don't think that that would get put into anything now, but that revenge no. plot is like one of the only ones in the movie that I think is like creative beyond anything else they do where he like puts super glue on his pants and then the guy grabs his and his hand is stuck. And then he starts yelling almost like a, like a newspaper kid from back in the day, like,
0: old man, grab grabbing
2: I thought that was pretty funny. But then the, the joke that like comes up right after that is him and uh, Artie Lang's character, Putting like four pistols into, a, guess, into yeah,
0: like into like a desk. bully's
2: desk, yeah. and like I think that that's uh, like one. I was like, okay, that's you know kind of funny, but like at the same time, would never
0: that would, would never, never fly. happen now. Yeah, there's an, the joke where uh, where Norm when they're in prison and Norm gets taken away by the dudes and it comes back and he's like, I'm very disappointed in you. How, how dare you do that? How Ridiculous. dare you? Ridiculous. <laughs> I thought that was a a good way to like do a rape joke, but at the same time I don't I've never seen a rape joke again in a movie. Yeah,
2: you know
1: and I think it's probably because the lack of the respect.
0: Well, the lack of respect.
2: That was another well. one of the uh that was another one of the moments where I was like I I see what they're doing and it's again one of the examples of an inappropriate joke that is, you know, impossible to exist in today's world being acceptable because of his delivery, like that, the yikes moment of it is gone. And it's just like, instead of him being so upset that he got raped, he's just disappointed, which is like, yeah, funny, like, that's a funny thing. But unfortunately, I don't know, rape is just kind of a, a hard thing to ever make funny. And, uh, I don't think that anyone should try because it's it's a terrible, terrible thing. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to, like, shit on what people think are funny and whatnot. I'm just, like, uh, trying to voice how I feel about it. And I think that's the point of this, is it not?
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, discuss our uh, feelings,
1: uh, help introduce yeah. movies to people who might not have seen them before. Well, like you said, this is your first time seeing it, so... It's like yeah. we introduced you to it almost. The uh, I'm not sure yeah. if this is going to mean anything to you guys, but uh, pops, um, but like when, when we first see him, he gave me Master Roshi vibes. Now I don't know if that means anything to you guys.
0: I don't, I haven't seen Dragon Ball. I know Ball, who
1: I know who Master Roshi is from Dragon Ball, right? So like, because yeah. in the cartoon or like manga or whatever, like he'd be watching those uh, workout videos. And like, yeah, like do know like, that about him. And...
2: Also funny, I've been watching the Jason movies um, lately, and that workout tape that he's watching is also in uh, Friday the for- uh, 13th Part 4. <laughs> like, no way. It's the exact same tape. Yeah. But I, I haven't looked up what the What year tape, did that movie just... come out? Uh, it came out in the 80s. I don't know the exact year, but okay. I can figure it out hold
0: on that is that's what workout tapes from the 80s looked like they used to show that would be on like super early in the morning and now you look at it and it looks like actual like it looks like adult entertainment because of what their their aerobic
2: 1984 um oh yeah a lot of the uh, doing but the thing is
0: is like in the in the 80s women used to actually put those on and exercise to them
2: Well, also, here's the other thing is that to support the thing that you just said, a lot of the aerobics tapes that were made in the 80s, um, they were actually made by pornographers and sold mainstream to housewives and stuff to exercise to because they saw it was just easier to like, we'll make a lot of money on our porn. But then we can also put these porn stars in like leotards, get them to exercise, and sell them to housewives who are against porn. And bada bing, bada boom. We got the whole, we got the
0: whole world in the palm of our. But ours. then, on top of that, we got the resale from the weird pervs who really like to watch the women exercise. And Then we got the third. Boom! Yeah. Bada bing! Bam! Bada boom! That's her eighties porn impression.
2: Yeah. Uh, um. 90s movie music I movie title wrote that down.
1: 26 minutes 15 seconds
2: i had 26 I minutes
0: 17 seconds i also paused. oh it.
2: i had 26 minutes because i realize now what you guys mean by that and i started writing it down well this is the first time i've done it 26 minutes and 16 seconds is what i wrote
0: that's what i had all right 17 what did, how did you guys watch it Kalen watch it on dvd
2: i watched it on prime
0: I watched it on Prime. Uh, I had to get the month uh, of MGM to watch it.
2: Oh, weird. I didn't have to do that. Maybe.
0: Do you already subscribe to the MGM add-on?
2: I I might already. uh, Yeah, you know what I think I did for like NeverEnding Story or something. I I, I don't know.
0: It turns out, though, that MGM has a lot of dope shit on it. I noticed UHF is on there, and I'm probably going to watch that this week.
2: We'll get all the Bond movies too. Um, but I thought
0: I thought all the Bond movies were on like Crave.
2: Oh wait, yeah. You know what? I think they bought HBO or uh not HBO, uh Warner Brothers, I think, just purchased all of it, yeah. So we're not gonna get that lion roar at the beginning of our John our our John, James John movies anymore.
0: James John.
2: Um, it's me, James John. Um the crux of the movie is that they need to pay Chevy Chase so that the bookies don't kill him. I already said that. Um, oh, yeah. I I did. I do have to bring up that, you know, as we were talking about Cable Guy last time, how that movie was impressive for the fact that it, it somehow got through an entire movie without having any sort of light sprinkling of transphobia or homophobia. But this movie is just lightly sprinkled with it all the way through. And then there's like the one big one which is the movie theater uh, where it's, like, men in black who like to have sex
0: with each other or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> which that's is what like like uh...
1: Sam looked at the screen. <laughs> yes.
0: And because, that is yeah, your, that's your classic homophobic. gay panic
2: where it's, like, you know, I guess. Fine. It was probably funny thing. at the
0: time. Here's the thing about that. I'll play devil's advocate on this one. If you went to the theater and you were expecting to see literally just men in black and then they played a gay porn or any porn. Forget the fact that it was gay porn. I think that's still a good prank because of how it I don't, I think the joke was that they were literally running out of the theater because it was gay porn. But in my devil's advocacy, I think that any old lady who is in the theater and pornography comes on, they might run out of the theater. Um, have you ever? I didn't...
2: Oh yeah. And I, 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 I bet you that that scene was written in with the intention of like Don Rickolds' character gets trampled and it's funny. Like he, the explosion and him getting knocked cause him falling backwards and like everybody trampling on him. That's double. what's funny about that scene.
0: Uh, but <laughs> I would, I would also argue, doubles in this were hilarious. I, yeah. would,
2: I would argue that the, the, you know, the reason that they're leaving the theater is not funny to me, but him getting blasted by the blasted backwards, all the drinks and popcorn flying everywhere. Visually. It's funny. Um, That is funny. But the stuff before it is just like, you could have put anything there. It could have been anything. And like, they could have put a snuff
0: film. Snuff. Hilarious. Right. (laughs) Are we going to say, Kalen?
1: have you guys ever been to a movie where like, uh, audience members walked out of it. Yeah, I, I've uh, done it.
0: yeah, I, I saw some like an old couple walk out of uh, the Simpsons movie. I think. Okay. They're like, um, this is
2: not as good as the as the Conan era.
0: No, it wasn't. <laughs> just, it was live action. It was something that could have easily been misconstrued with a movie of the same name about something like the opposite. I forget what it was, but I did ver- was- I did witness. Two people leave, like two old people, be like, "Oh my gosh, what is this?" and leave the theater.
1: I witnessed it once, and it was for the Sasha Baron Cohen movie Bruno,
2: and yeah. it was. It I think like, I know exactly the part you're talking about. <laughs> it was around oh, they're the like beginning.
0: 69ing each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: I thought it was like the part where the dick talks to the screen, where his dick is like um, flapping yeah, around. Yeah, it was.
1: It was either. It was either when it was swirling around, or it was, or like when the little when the guy was. It was definitely like early on in the movie, but like it, it, like that was almost funnier than like the movie itself. And like I cracked up like that they got offended and left. Like it just, it made me laugh so much. I think did the thing you, about like, Did Sasha they not Baron see a trailer movies... for
0: this movie or know who <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen is or see Borat or like, how do you end Borat up in this Bruno little, movie? Borat
1: was a little more tame. Yeah. Well, I'm not to say that it was tame, but it was like, it was, it was, it was like, It's offensive uh, in a
2: different way. Yeah, again,
1: you know, it was racist instead of homophobic or whatever. Yeah,
2: yeah. well, the thing, like, Sacha Baron Cohen is, it's different than this type of movie because he's specifically attempting to offend people on purpose, and the humor comes out in it being sort of a reality-based thing where he's tricking people into being homophobic in real life based on the characters that he's portraying he himself is not homophobic he puts people into situations that are so extreme that it would it brings out homophobia in people who would otherwise be like no i'm not homophobic and then it's like oh god maybe i am
0: (laughs) and that's why that's the borat character he does that for you know rednecks to show their racism and their xenophobia and
1: xenophobia that's uh,
0: yeah, it's uh it's good that he does that but it's, it's it's there's that one there's that one gag I don't it's not really a gag cuz it's like very sad but he has the person on uh, this is America and he has the he ha- He's the Israeli dude no he's the anti BLM redneck guy and he's like he tells this other redneck that he's put three kill switch bombs on three BLM uh Antifa protesters and he's like, all you have to do is press these buttons and they're they'll die. And the guy presses the three buttons with like without hesitation. Um Ugh. and I saw Sasha Baron Cohen talking about that in an interview. There's this great series on uh, I think it's GQ on YouTube or maybe Vanity Fair, one of those two. And it's called Actors on Actors. And it's just yeah. an actor talking to another actor, and this one was uh, Don Cheadle talking to Sasha Baron Cohen. One of the best like two actors talking about their craft things i've ever seen besides there's another it's one where a, a like round... a,
2: a different like the pairing is so interesting too because they're so sort of far apart in terms of what they do
0: i think that's the gimmick i think it's yeah. just like two people from a genre that are far apart and you wouldn't normally get yeah. to see talking i mean it,
2: yeah yeah i think that's yeah that's totally i might have to look that up because that's very interesting to me
0: there's, the, the there's that round up. table of comedians as well that i think people. Should i've check
2: seen out. the round table ones for like directors and actors and yeah i've seen all those ones but i i didn't know they do like a one-on-one thing that's kind of more interesting because like the, the round table ones are interesting but it, all, it it is clearly very edited and at the same time it's like sometimes you want to hear what ridley scott has to say but he's too busy like chewing on walnuts or some shit and he doesn't give a fuck about what they're talking about you're <laughs> like i want to hear what ridley has to say about this the
1: Shia LaBeouf one and Kristen Stewart uh, uh, Kristen Stewart and Shia LaBeouf, uh, episode of the actors on actors was really good too.
0: It's like it's like cringy though, isn't it? It's well, because like I she's like awkward
1: and like he's him, but like it's it, 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 they actually like pair together really well and bring okay. out elements of each other.
0: I think I saw some out of context clips because I thought that that one. The out of context clip I saw for that made it seem like that one is a disaster, but your, on your recommendation, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna watch it probably right after this because I'm interested now. I recommend it. So uh, we got about 15 minutes left here. These things fucking fly by. My G you? seven. G, you hit se- G-, oh, G- you press eight. G eight. <laughs> if you like peanut colada.
2: <laughs> I noticed. Okay, so in that that part where he's like looks like there's gonna be a fight you're gonna put on something good and then he like turns Hell yeah, and goes,
0: yeah! <laughs> but like the,
2: the guy who's the bartender is like like his eyes go so wide like it almost like seems like maybe that guy didn't realize yeah he no didn't sin. realize that chris farley was gonna yell in his face yeah he wasn't ready which for is it. pretty funny uh also <laughs> chris farley is absolutely vile in this movie i, I I'm disgusted by him every single moment. And obviously it's sad. You're disgusted that, it in a good you know, way? Yeah. I mean, you're supposed to be disgusted by him. He, he when he turns yeah, and his nose is all just like, it, you're like, yeah. Oh my God, how do they do that?
0: And but then like, really it's about just his like his friend. natural
2: nose ends and they added stuff, but it looks like it really looks like his nose is supposed to be longer than that.
0: And, he's talking about his friend uh, who lives in the Y and he keeps listing off disgusting things. Oh
2: God. Yeah. They drained his knee the other day.
0: And the theater st- bleeding. yeah, it I get it. To get I pretty get it. Ripe.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I don't want to stay with
2: you. Yeah, I was never really like a huge Chris Farley fan, but I've met people that are, and they're so passionate about Chris Farley, and they've shown me like all the clips and like everything that he's been in that they love. And I've seen him in all like the old Adam Sandler movies, which I- I've seen all of them. I like some of them, but I I feel like I'll feel the same way about this movie if I go back and revisit a lot of them. Like if I go back and watch Waterboy and. Billy Madison and all that, like, I'll I'll probably not be as entranced by the humor as I once was.
0: You might have had to be there for Chris Farley, unfortunately.
2: Waterboy
1: was like one of the last few good ones. Like, you know, not to rag on Sandler or anything, but Waterboy was one of his last good ones. Wedding Singer was great. So I never really liked Waterboy. Even as a kid, I was uncomfortable by
2: it. Like, I was made uncomfortable by Waterboy as a boy watching waterboy i was like this is uncomfortable also my last name is waters and for a good 5 years people called me waterboy and i hey, was like, waterboy. Kaylee related to
0: you
2: kaylee is my sister yeah hi sis
0: <laughs> um little mickey was kind of that where it changed little yeah, mickey i, I liked like little mickey okay. though i liked little mickey i man. love it too but after that, that's when it that's when it really he did he did that and then I think I think then he did Punch Drunk Love, and then Punch Drunk Love then is actually happy. really good.
1: PTA Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. I I mean I don't know. So what was the point I was trying to make? Oh yeah, the Chris Farley era. You know, it ended here. This is his last movie, 1998. I was still a young kid. I didn't have that like ingrained like oh my god he's so funny from SNL um uh, like all the you know like down by the river and like all that kind of stuff <laughs> like I I see it and I'm like I get it it's funny uh one of one of our friends uh Andrew uh he cr- dressed up as Chris Farley once for Halloween as that character what's his name like Matt Bauer? Matt
0: Foley
2: Matt Foley okay Yeah. And like he did the whole down by the river thing in the kitchen and I had seen the clip and him doing it in front of all of us was like the funniest thing I've ever seen. I was like keeling over with laughter, but I laughed harder at him doing it than I did at the actual skit in SNL. So like that, that kind of like unlocked this thing in my brain of being like, okay, so I, I get it. Like, I understand why it's funny. Um, (laughs) But it's also, you know, it's shitty because you never know. He could have had an Adam Sandler esque career where maybe he would do some, some dramatic comedies or even then just straight dramas or, you know, like you look at someone like Robin Williams, like his career went crazy for a little while or Jim Carrey and he was exploding, right? Like he was, he was supposed to be Shrek. He was like halfway done recording. Yeah. He recorded half of Shrek and then he died. And then that. they had to just, they, they didn't have yeah. enough to f- complete the movie, so they had to go to Mike Myers, and Mike Myers finished it, and the entire movie became different tonally. Did so it they change? Like, these, had... the,
1: the vibe of it probably changed that. Yeah,
2: yeah. so like Farley was doing want... a Farley voice, like he was doing sort of like his calm Farley voice with his crazy like, <sighs> stuff. I wonder if Fat
0: Bastard in that case, I wonder if he still would have done a Scottish accent, and I wonder if Fat Bastard would have been Chris Farley in Austin Powers
2: oh interesting about, i can see well, that i mean the thing is, is that uh mike myers had done his scottish in uh so i married an axe so Ax-
0: yeah that's true because he played his plays his own dad in that or something right yeah
2: yeah so he he just loves doing that accent so i think that it would it probably would have been the same but uh i also think about you know like this is kind of a weird thing to think about but i put in parentheses like rob ford Imagine Chris Farley was alive during the Rob Ford era. Remember that? (laughs) They would have brought him
0: back. They would have brought him back to SNL every week. There would have been so many SNL skits
2: of just Rob Ford, and it would have been Chris Farley every single time.
0: Absolutely. They
2: had that other guy doing it, but, like, if Chris Farley was doing it, he probably would have killed
0: it. He would have fallen through so many tables as Rob Ford, and it would have been (laughs) him falling (laughs) through tables was one of the funniest things to me. Yeah. There's a very funny scene at the beginning of Black Sheep where he's uh, he's he he's partying in like a frat and he takes a giant beer bong rip or a regular bong rip, and he just does like a Peter Griffin through a table, and I think that's where oh, they got yeah, the yeah. Peter Griffin through a table bit from.
1: Did you like Tommy? Like Boy he's almost over Black Sheep or Black Sheep over Tommy Boy,
0: um, <clears throat> or maybe. Maybe it's Tommy Boy. They're 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 identical. They're, they're so
2: similar and came out so close together in childhood that they seem like they're the streamed. same movie. Yeah, they're
0: both yeah. What?
2: They're so close together and they're so similar in tone that in your brain, as like an like for me, I don't know the difference between Tommy Boy and Black Sheep in my brain because I saw them. I've
0: seen Tommy them both
1: bad guy okay i believe you. yeah um, i think
0: tommy boy because tommy boy is a road a road trip movie
1: yeah
2: well they both okay well the, i think they're both kind that's of where they have like the garbage things. bags on the windows and they're driving i i remember of the deer, that stuff.
0: they hit a deer and then they try to bring the deer and then the deer freaks out i honestly oh. I, I used to own both of those movies on vhs as well and i cannot for the life of me, tell you the, I know the plot of Tommy boy is that he has to take over for his dad. And the plot, the plot of black sheep is like politics. He has to not mess up his
1: dad's camp. No, his brother's camp. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. One thing i got to say about dirty
1: work though, the, uh, no, no. (laughs) Have you ever robbed a bank? No. No. Have you ever, uh, climbed Mount Everest? No. Have you ever said you can see how women find Burt Reynolds attractive?
2: no
0: no uh it's sean
2: connery actually ah damn it you're right (laughs) and then later when they're destroying the house he sees a like from russia with love poster of sean connery and he's like and he takes it and like runs out of the room with it it's a good callback because he's gonna masturbate to it later or something (laughs) he loves sean connery um that's another thing about Norm Macdonald is like he does and has always made a lot of gay jokes constantly but it it seems to by the end of his career, career and I I don't mean end of his career because his career would have went on forever if
0: he Yeah, had he would have just kept doing died. the Norm show. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um but by that the end he gone. kind of like he figured it out and he started like making new jokes about gay stuff that like i i think are just so funny like he did this bit a couple times he did it on larry king and he also did it on uh conan where they ask because he's re- releasing a book and they would be like so uh anything in this book that uh nobody knows about you and like you know juicy tidbits about your life and he would say well uh i think the biggest thing is... The biggest thing I reveal about myself is that I'm a deeply closeted gay man. Yeah. And they're like everyone was like, What? He's like I saw the yeah, Larry King one. Yeah. And he's like, You're you're gay? He's like, No. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> what do you mean? It's, I said I'm deeply closeted. Yeah. And then he <laughs> keeps going back and forth. And he's like, Do you know what deeply closeted means? It means a man who is so deep in the closet that he refuses to admit that he's gay. Okay, yeah, so I'm telling you, I'm not gay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's,
2: and it's just like, it's such a simple, funny concept of like, a, like he was probably thinking about it one day being like, that's funny. And then like, just figured out a way to, to goat other people into like, getting him to like, keep doing this joke. And it worked way better on Conan because he tried to do it on Larry King as well. And Larry King, and was Larry like, King
0: doesn't oh. really understand comedy. He doesn't understand, like, like that he's being... So you're gay, uh, then? Like, no, I'm telling you, I'm not gay.
2: Like, I don't know. I think... uh, Let's go to commercial.
0: He's a comics do not know what being uh, closeted homosexual means? That's... This isn't working. Going home. So I watched um, Hitler's Dog, uh, his, I think, final stand-up special. I don't know if he did one after. It's from 2018. watched it recently on Netflix. Very funny. And it's a very, very, very good example of how he just goes up there and it's so effortless that it sounds like, you know, like stand up comedians write everything down and that the the art of stand up comedy is to make it look like it's off the cuff. But he has such he had such a way with it that this special I was sitting there going like, is he just up there saying these things right now? Like he was so good at it that I was tricked and I know how stand up comedy works through and through. Uh I would recommend that special to anybody. Um, especially given that he's now passed away. It's it's
2: Yeah. I think that he had a few uh stand up routines that I've only seen bits and pieces of on um TikTok that seem like they're very recent. Um yeah there's one that cause he's talking about the pandemic and stuff and you're just like, Oh, okay. So this is, you know, within the last year and a half, almost two years.
0: But like expecting. an actual recorded special, I think that 2018 yeah. might, might be the final one. So we have uh we have about five minutes left here. Uh, let's go uh, around, give our final thoughts and. Uh, give no, it but
2: I want to talk about the, the, the car break in when he pops up with a sleeping cap on. That's hilarious they like, so the so trying to sleep it. back here, yeah. <laughs> he has like he's wearing like a Rip Van Winkle, like pajamas. Like that's so funny. All right, trying anyway, to sleep
0: then. here, and then when he wakes up later, he, it's like nope. He has the note to self thing, and he plays it plays. Oh, I have one other self. thing. No matter how bad things about. get, there's always beer. There's always which, beer. Uh... Yeah.
2: <laughs> there's also one other thing I wanted to say. So you know the part where they put the uh, the popcorn inside of the the bulldozer. And there's two cops that are following the trail. And the one cop's like, what do you think this is? And the other cop's like, well, it's either uh, you know nothing or it's the dumbest criminals on the planet Earth. <laughs> and he, and he, they're walking. That cop, so one of them's white, one of them's black. The black cop, I was watching it. And I was like, this guy, I know this guy. And I feel weirdly like, like him being on screen right now is making my heart feel really good. And I don't know what. And so I looked him up. His name is Johnny Chase, and he Not
1: like a porn star.
2: No, he was the host of Polka Dot Door when we oh. were kids. I was oh, like there, scrolling was through. Woman. What about the? Oh, well, yeah, she was probably in dirty work as well somewhere. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't look her up.
0: No, I mean there. I remember a woman being the host of Polka. There was Dot a
2: woman and there was a man. There was a white woman and a black man that hosted Polka Dot Door. And every time Pokeroo would show up, the, the man would leave and like when he was gone, Pokeroo would show up. So everybody was like, oh, he's Pokeroo, which he probably was because it was like a yeah. low ass budget show where they just like put on the Pokeroo costume and show up. Um, but he was also in like Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark and like all these shows that were filmed in Ontario when we were kids and like I just his voice and like his like his face I was like this guy and they don't even show his full face but I was like I know this man I know this (laughs) man and he's making my heart feel good and then I realized that he was one of the hosts of my childhood so uh Johnny Chase if you're out there just know that I I love (laughs) you
0: awesome all right so I'm just gonna I'm just going to finish off the show here and say my final thought. Um, now, I I don't think it held up that well, but since I'm so connected to it, um, I really enjoyed watching it again. I probably will make it a more frequent, like, every couple of years to watch it again as well, because now that Norm's passed away, um, I feel that nostalgia hit even harder when I watch a movie like this. Like, if he was still alive and we did Dirty Work, we wouldn't be... I wouldn't gush over it at all. We wouldn't have done like,
2: Dirty Work. If we did. wouldn't
0: have done Dirty Work, yeah. Um, we would have I
2: done become be, Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I wanted,
0: I, I wanted this to be more of a celebration of norm, which I think we did a pretty good job of. Um, <coughs> I, unfortunately, would only give this movie probably a 2.5 or a 2.7, but... Because Norm has recently passed, and I've seen this movie no less than 30 times, it's a certified 5 out of 5, certified 5 out of 5. But really, it's real realistically probably like a 2.6 or 2.7. Right. Kalen, hit me with your final thoughts, your rating. Uh,
1: one of my final thoughts is I'm upset that uh, so this came out shortly after he was fired from uh, SNL. And uh, NBC like basically blackballed him and didn't like advertise the movie at all on their their their, their station network or whatever, um, which just seems kind of like petty, sort of. But whatever. Uh, as far as um, yeah, the so it is. I guess I guess you could say it's dated. Like you can you can feel the the '90s of it. Um, like I said earlier, I did have like some nice personal chuckles throughout. And I don't think anyone's ever done like his, his like deadpan, like kind of ca- uh, cadence style delivery. Um, like it's unmatched. And, and, and he does yeah. it perfectly. No one else can, you know, ever, ever top it. I don't think. Um, the, as far as, you know, to give it an honest rating. And I'm, I, I, we talked about this last time. I'm not sure if I use zero. I'm not sure if I use zero in my rating. But because I was thinking about this the other day, I was like, okay, I need to start being more um, uh, 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 like strict (laughs) about about my ratings. But so I'm thinking either I start with zero or I start with point five or I start with one. I might start with one, but then I feel like there could be things that are below one. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Anyway, I digress. So um, I had some good laughs. It is something that I would throw on. Like a, like after a few like a period of time like I could put it on again and have some laughs again, uh, so I'm I'm gonna I was kind of thinking either two point five or three ish was where I was kind of at, so I'm gonna give it a solid three.
0: Okay, right on, Steve. Let's take it home, buddy.
2: All right, here we go. Um, so this movie, I guess I've already kind of gone through it a bunch. Um, it doesn't land for me in many areas um you know we we just finished doing the cable guy last time how old are you by the way steve i'm 34 okay okay just checking uh <laughs> just checking oh just also were sure. you
1: bowling earlier or are you about to go bowling is that a bowling? boy oh, sorry glove? no
2: i was drawing this is i have like a drawing glove for ah okay so you don't smudge yeah. and whatnot okay my bad sorry yeah. up my bad it's okay. Um, are you going
1: bowling
0: later?
2: <laughs> also, these are like the fingers you don't use. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, it didn't. It doesn't hit for me. Uh, I, I only just saw it as, in a, my adulthood. There are a lot of points in the movie that I find to be um, a little bit too vulgar in terms of like how my brain sits nowadays. Like, you know, I can, I can chuckle at some stuff, but there's other things that I'm like, Oh God, I roll. And, you know, we just finished doing the cable guy, which was like a pleasant surprise for me because it, it didn't have a lot of that sexism and homophobia and transphobia at all. And I was like, wow, this is a crazy nineties movie that somehow like gets away with not having the easy low hanging fruit. And this movie is almost continuously low-hanging fruit but then there's also stuff that like yeah. genuinely makes me laugh um you know like the when they put all the fish in the mansion and then like the weird mafia like a, a secondary movie comes in for a second and they're like yeah it looks like good stuff and they're like it smells like fish in here and then oh, it's what like that, what is that, is is some that sort something sort of cold and then they just like they're standing there holding the fish and there's like a crazy mob war happening outside the room but you don't see it, any of it you just hear it like that's, that's funny, and I like it. Um, the Gary Coleman I was bringing was in funny. a
0: chainsaw. Guys, put I, the chainsaw down. He's got a grenade. <laughs> he took the chainsaw from me, and now he's using the chainsaw on us. Uh,
2: <laughs> I like that there was, like, a shared hallucination where, you know, he hallucinated uh, Gary Coleman, and then the other security guards also hallucinated Gary Coleman later in the safe, like, for whatever reason. Uh, Also, a thing that we'll never travel on for, like, in 10 years, people are not going to know who the fuck Gary Coleman is. (laughs) Like, I I barely know who Gary Coleman is now. Uh, Norm's clothes are too big for him. Way too Ah, big. Ah, yeah. Classic 90s. (laughs) Yeah. It's unfortunate that Bob Saget wanted to make a raunchy comedy that was a rated R movie, and he didn't get to do that. So I do think that that probably stifles what his original vision was for the movie but at the same time the unoriginal and non-creative uh revenge plots that he's come up with in this movie they're like we've all heard of the dead hooker in a trunk and that's been around since the beginning of Mm -hmm. fucking time since hookers and like transportation by a horse existed i'm sure that joke existed somewhere I, right
1: that, i think that i would say that it. What was predate, oh yeah jesus
0: yeah frunks yeah. Tr- predate vehicles i would say if you think about it like that's that, true right? yeah
2: yeah you're right jason that's something i didn't even think of yeah so to me that's you know it's just sort of indicative of like the movie has some really creative moments and i listed them throughout this review but there's also, like, the set pieces, the big, the big moments that just don't really do anything for me. Like, when they're bashing through that house, the only thing that I thought was funny was when he finds the James Bond poster. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, that's funny to me. That, that was the only thing that's funny. Um, so, yeah, anyway, again, I think that a lot of the jokes in this movie would literally fizzle into nothing if it was not coming out of norm Macdonald's mouth he's one of my favorite uh comedians but also just like conversationalists his podcasts and his appearances on late night talk shows are some of the most interesting things you'll ever watch um and that is the only reason why this movie kind of had me get all the way through it is because it was Norm saying the stuff that was being said. Um, Mm -hmm. But that being said, I'll probably never watch this movie again and I'm going to give it a one. (laughs) I'm sorry.
0: Wow. Well,
2: there it is.
0: I mean, at least I didn't get my nose bitten off by a Saigon whore. Um. (laughs) Um, I mean,
2: like, listen, I, 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 again, I don't want to trample on other people's, ha ha's their chuckles their their personal chuckles or their sensible chuckles i just didn't have as many as you did and i don't i i don't think that there's any reason for me to ever watch this movie again because i, I don't it's think time I'll to pay anything.
0: the fiddler whore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. that whole scene where he's talking to the skunks is so fucking good but you know All what right. you're running.
2: well maybe you know what maybe the only reason i would watch this movie again is to have a little tick sheet for how many times they say the word whore or prostitute. Drink every time
0: they say whore and dirty yeah. work and we'll both be dead. You we'll know what I could for you?
1: Sometimes I find who you watch a movie with, like let's say we were together like physically, like, in, like watching it together. Sometimes it, like witnessing other people enjoy something helps yeah. me enjoy stuff or whatever.
0: Well, and maybe talking we about should, it afterwards too, I've I, my my ratings of movies have gone up a full letter grade just by talking to Kalen uh, Well, that happened episodes. during uh,
2: that happened during Stand By Me as well, right?
0: Yeah, I, and then I went to Montreal the following weekend, and I was there with a guy who makes movies, and his favorite movie is Stand By Me, and because of that, we were we were able to connect because nice. I told I basically recited my reviews from <laughs> our show to him. Yeah. And he was very impressed by that, and uh, but we got to, it was it was really cool to be able to talk to somebody in depth about a movie like that. Well, so to that... Ka- Ka- to Kaylin's
2: point, maybe we should consider at some point doing a uh, live reaction to uh, to Dirty Work to see if we uh, if we change yeah. our our tune.
0: I'd be down. So would just that, be me that... in the
2: corner with my hands <laughs> folded the hate whole time. I am not. Lying. I don't want to watch it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So with that, that brings us to the end of another uh, week. Uh, this is an interesting uh, bench, not benchmark, interesting turning point for the show, because starting next week, we will be going live weekly. Uh, well, what's we called again? We will be... Oh, Steve came Who up with the so name for... Dryer or, dry
1: or, some, or what, what did you guys come up the with?
0: The Grimoire Grimoire. Um, Oh,
2: the Grimoire of Familiar Killers. The Autumn Grimoire of Familiar Killers.
0: That is the name of our October series. We are going to be doing weekly shows, uh, and we are going to be doing our favorite flacker flick. (laughs) So uh, we'll be asking you the question that's on everybody's mind. Hey! Who is
2: your familiar killer? (laughs) Sorry, say it again. I ruined it.
0: Hey, did you see this one?
1: Hey. Did you see this one?
0: I did. I think that's the new bit. For... For Stephen, Kalen, I'm Jason. For uh,
1: Jason, Stephen, and that great Canadian bastard, Norm McDonald, I'm Kellen.
2: For Kalen and Jason and Norm, I'm Stephen.
0: And for Norm, mm-hmm. rest in peace, Norm. Thank you for the great times. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>